We've got another full slate of games to look forward to, and luckily for us, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered with so many different ways to get in on the action. DraftKings Sportsbook is based right here in the U.S., not offshore, so you know your funds are safe and secure. Plus, they have new odds boosts and promotions on your favorite sports each and every day, and with DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever. You don't even have to leave the house. And for those where sports betting is not yet available, head to DraftKings and check out their app along with all of their daily fantasy contests. If you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use code SI when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to 1000 bucks. That's code SI, the letters SI, to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH. Jim Cramer dominates Wall Street. And now he's teaming up with Bill Enright to help you dominate fantasy football. This is Bull Market Fantasy. Presented by DraftKings. Yo, what's up? Welcome inside the Bull Market Fantasy Podcast brought to you by DraftKings, DraftKings Sportsbook. Corey Bill and Frankie, the three-man team, coming back at you after Super Bowl Sunday. It is in the books. Shout out to Tom Brady, the GOAT, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bill, my man, what's up with you? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit, it's a bittersweet, right? Because the Super Bowl, the pinnacle of the NFL season, yep. but at the same time, it's also the end of the NFL season. So you guys know me, I don't follow much of baseball or NBA. So to me, it's just NFL and March Madness and college football a little bit, but with no football on it, it's, it's saddening, but plenty of things to talk about throughout the offseason. We have NFL free agency. We got the NFL draft. We got training camp. So we'll be busy. But to me, I, I will miss the fact that there's no games. Well, Bill, I don't know if you know this. A lot of people I've, I've talked to a couple of several people over the course of the past couple of weeks. Do you know that the FCS season is about to start later on this month? Now, well, what's going on there? So we're going to have are, are those players going to be have eligible football? for the draft? See, that part is tricky. I think you have to sit it out in order to be eligible for the draft. But, you know, the small schools are going to be playing in their own eight. I think it's either a seven or eight game season with a with a playoff. And check check this out. This is real good for guys like to, you know, put a little something down on sports, Frankie. The games are going to be played on Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Like so, that. listen, I mean, it's not Ohio State versus Notre Dame, but it is college football. You yeah. know what I'm saying? A little more head state versus uh, SD state or yeah, they go right Northern Iowa. Iowa. Yeah, well, now, the, a... the first the first game, I believe, is this weekend with McNeese State playing Charlton. Yeah, so there you go right there. And you do have a little bit of star power because uh, Deion Sanders' team, Jackson State, is one of the teams that will be playing. Yeah. I'll be watching. That. I'll tune into that. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit of Deion Sanders on the sideline. How about that? A little prime yeah. time? Yep. All right, so, Frankie, let's hop into it right quick, Frankie. Um. I'm seeing all of these reports on ESPN, whatever it may be, that the sports books had a very good day on Sunday with the Super Bowl. That the sports books actually wanted the Buccaneers to win, but I think I'm having a hard time believing that, Frankie. Yeah, well, you listen, these guys. I've learned. I've sat in that back office. They skew their reports 
they skew their overall numbers. I don't know. They, they don't have to answer directly to publicizing a lot of these things. But when they say that they have a good Super Bowl, or bad Super Bowl, you got to remember they're also tying in a lot of futures wagers, a lot of, uh, well, specifically now in certain respected shops in Vegas, um, you can actually even parlay futures from other sports, you know, champions of the NHL and champ- champions of, you know, the, the, you know, like the Lakers or that one already in the NBA or uh, the last Dodgers. season, the Dodgers or the, uh, you know, Tampa Bay Lightning in the NHL. So a lot of these things go into that. So it's a lot of factors that go into it. So when they say that they won overall, it's difficult for me to take that for a grain of salt. And as we always, you know, we highlighted here and it's, you know, a lot of people fail to understand as well. The Super Bowl itself now only sees between 30 to 40% of the entire handle, even though that's what's publicized the most when they want to report about these six-figure wagers or you get the mattress max of the world getting down on a $3.5 million wager on Tampa Bay. But you got to remember, that's still only 30 to 40% of the overall handle that a lot of these sports books take because, as we know, a lot of these books are you know predominantly all their wagers are focused around prop wagers, and prop wagers are often difficult for people and people often are throwing down small amounts of money, five, 10, $15, $20, depending on your bankroll on a lot of the long shots out there. There were people that bet, you know, Le'Veon Bell to, or Shady McCoy at 500 to one or 5,000 to one to obviously get in the game. You know, now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Win the MVP and then they didn't even get in the game. So, I mean, you, you add up all of those reports and it's, like I said, there's a lot of things that go into the, to their reporting and their overall numbers. So when there's one thing that I've, I've often learned when, when I see these sports books report publicly or to reporters or to some of these sites that report their overall winnings and numbers here in Vegas, I don't know what it's like in other areas of the country right now as this becomes more uh, of a legalized opportunity in all states, I think there'll be more reporting uh, financially where records are disclosed rather than just throwing out ballpark numbers um, and just saying, oh, it was a good day for us, oh, it was a bad day for us, and just trying to you know, more or less commingle all of these numbers together. Because like I said, futures and props, they really have an effect on it because in my, from what I'm hearing out here in Vegas, um, the – the books, that was not the result that they were looking for. There was a lot of uh, Tom Brady love late. Um, there was a lot of Tom Brady love on the money line. And there was also a lot of people um, where they did make their money for the books. It was on that second half wager. They virtually could not write a single ticket on any Tampa Bay wagers plus seven and a half for the second half line when we know they would get they were down I believe 21 to 6 at the half every single person who walked up to the counter laid the seven and a half they could not stop writing liability on Chiefs 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 and that's where the books here in Vegas really cleaned up it was everyone chasing and believing that the Chiefs would be you know come back in the second half like they always have all season and over the past couple of seasons with Patrick Mahomes and they weren't able to do that. That's where the books really made their money. But no one's talking about that aspect. You know, last even, week, go ahead, last, go ahead, Bill. real quick, last week I, we had Johnny Avello on, the director of DraftKings Sportsbook, and he said that the Bucks were the – they had the most action on the Bucks to win the Super Bowl before the season. And the, yeah. Chiefs, were, and the Chiefs were second. So they had to take a bath on those bets. 
Uh, definitely. And that's why I say they often talk with forked tongue because they will lose on those wagers. But then how they skew their numbers is say, not telling everyone that it was not only that, from a lot of the books out here and a couple of the guys that I spoke to, their in-running handle was literally 20 to 200x of the pregame wagers. And everyone was jumping all over taking the points at with the Chiefs plus 10.5, Chiefs plus 9.5, 8.5, 7.5 for the game, inverting that flip, and the Chiefs never got home. So between in-running wagers as well as the second-half wager where they could not write a single ticket on Tampa Bay, that is really what helped the books get home. But Bill's 100% right. But that, once again, like I said, they often don't break it all down for the betters to see out there. So when they see that, they say, oh, wow, betters really had a great day. Because you know The sportsbooks really had a great day because I guess everyone was betting Kansas City. It wasn't only about Kansas City pregame. It was more about what happened in running wagers as well as future wagers, which offset that. And like I said, prop wagers were a real you know, detriment because a lot of them went under when a lot of people, as we know, often love to bet over. And then we saw Tom Brady after those reports where it looked like he wanted to hurt everyone on a wager that I would have been really upset about when I went under his wrestling yards. But it seems like he had plans to maybe even go over it with a couple of his coaches. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes forward uh, and if that changes any of the legality across the landscape or the betting landscape if some of these states look at these prop wagers because I think maybe Tom Brady might have let a little bit of the cat out of the bag when he said that players obviously do take note of their proposition numbers, guys. Now, here's what's interesting. I remember one time, a couple years ago, I was doing a program with Marshall Falk. And I asked Marshall Falk, do the players know the point spread? He told me that the players don't know the point spread, but that the coaches definitely do. What do you think about that, Bill? I mean, listen, (laughs) I think there's going to be a lot of regulation based around Tom Brady's comments because – the NFL can't have that and the sports book can't have that, right? They can't, uh, they have to find a way to prevent players and their friends from taking action on, on props because th- that, that just opens a whole can of um, really, really dangerous and illegal action, right? Um, it's funny. I'm actually looking at Tom Brady throw the Super Bowl trophy on a boat to Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski on another boat. This is wild. <laughs> oh, the uh, Tampa Bay Super Bowl parade. This is crazy. They're literally taking the Lombardi Trophy off one boat, and Brady's chucking it to another boat. Absolutely insane. Yeah. But uh, anyway, you know the 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 thing about Brady, and and we can even get into the 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 guy that reportedly or allegedly the streaker that bet on if there's going to be a streaker. That's what's dangerous about this game, right? We 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 have to try to, not us, but the 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 sports books and and all pro sport leagues need to find a way to monitor action on prop bets so that there is no kind of anything funny happening under the table because that'll just ruin everything for everybody. Well, let me ask you this. I'm going to give you guys one quick question. A wager that really, a prop wager that flew under the radar. A lot of people really didn't talk about it. We didn't have it, any sharp information with the Vegas Whispers guys, and we didn't talk about it really. I didn't see this being discussed as much, but I just want to get your guys' opinion on something. Tyreek Hill, will he have a rushing attempt in the game? Let's just say that Tyreek, the Chiefs were to win the game, and then Tyreek Hill said that he knew that that was a prop wager and had 
you know, several of his friends or family members or coaching staff or whatever the case may be say that he lobbied because he knew that that wager existed. Will he have a rushing attempt? And I believe his rushing total was also four and a half yards in some spots. And he got one rushing attempt for five yards. My question is to you guys, if this wasn't Tom Brady, but like, let's just say it was Tyree Kill in the game and they were the, the winning team. Do you think the league would come down hard on Tyree Kill or this would be much more talked about? What do you think that maybe perhaps Tom Brady gets a pass because he's more or less the poster child for the NFL and maybe he's getting a pass on something that they never really wanted to be discussed out openly. But I was just wondering your guys' opinion because there's a perfect example. Tyreek Hill, no one really – I don't think you guys talked about it. I don't even know if you guys even knew that that existed. Will he have a rushing attempt in the game? And he got one for five yards. So if he was the one that came out, do you think that the reaction would be different than the one that we're getting from Tom Brady, where I believe some of the outlets have reported it as being hilarious? Well, I can tell you some of the publications um, <laughs> uh, in sports definitely would not give Tyreek Hill a pass on anything. So, um, you know, and not to say that Tyreek Hill deserves a pass, you know, obviously some of the things in his past, you know, Past, well, maybe, maybe maybe it's a little bit. You know, I'm just trying to find a different one that flew kind of under the radar. I'm just wondering a lesser no, known I understand player. Exactly what you're saying, but um, that that's that's interesting take. I think. Listen, I I I've known people that you know are not allowed to go into you know uh, sports books or casinos, and I know how they all dress themselves up to get past the facial recognitions. You know what I'm saying? You guys know how. You know, you guys probably know. Um, and. <clears throat> So, but it's going to be hard to do that with NFL players and their friends. I think, Bill, as long as you keep the players out, can you really monitor their friends? No, you I can't. Guess, I guess you got to put a cap on those bets. That's what I think you have to do. Probably. I think that, that makes the most sense. And, Frankie, that's actually what you said. I think someone had shared that. Uh, it might have been me, actually. Shared that um, streaker prop bet. And you said, I don't know of any sports book that takes that kind of action on a mm-hmm. prop. Yeah. Especially no. one that, that a public person would be able to fix yeah yeah and i mean obviously he's he's relayed and the reports are obviously i mean we don't have it ourselves but you know the reports are that this wager was made offshore predominantly he also mentioned and alluded to that he had friends or family that came here in vegas i reached out to all my sources and i don't know any book that was the one that actually offered that prop um, I have several of the pop prop uh, packets. I went through them myself and I don't see it. Um, often for VIPs, they will actually include, you know, I know this from sitting behind there. If they have a VIP that comes up to the window and there's not a prop bet that's on the board or in the packet, they'll and they want one, they'll give them one just themselves. So if they're looking, yeah. they're a pit player or a large player or a VIP, and they say, I want um, Leonard Fournette to throw a pass. Oh yeah, what what odds you look? How much you look? Oh yeah, I want it for fifty thousand that he won't throw one. Okay, fine, no problem. It's minus four hundred. We're not going to put it up on the board, but we'll write that ticket for you, and they'll do it. So there are cases like that, but I find it very hard to believe that even an offshore book like this would ever take a sizable fifty thousand dollar wager. Now he says supposedly that he had several different people. Even if he was getting each one of them to bet five hundred or a thousand, that book would have to have. I have no idea. One of the not, you know, I don't want to say dumbest, but the most unintelligent bookmaker or odds maker back there, if he sees it, that he's getting inundated and a flood of wagers coming on one prop bet, 500, 500, 1,000, whatever their cap may be at that time. They're going to close it. Not only are they going to close it, they're going to say, why are we getting all these bets almost, uh, you know, 
getting a, an accumulation of 50,000 in risk for a $400,000 payout on something that is obviously human controlled. This is one of the reasons why the Nevada Gaming Control Board will never allow a lot of these wagers and wouldn't even allow a lot of the wagers on even for the uh, election here in the U.S. election. It's because they know that things can be manipulated or people have inside information as opposed to something that is being physically played and determined on a field where the books feel that they can put a number on it. This is one of the reasons why the Nevada Gaming Control Board often stops those kind of wagers. And this is a case in point why. But I just find it really, I still find it hard to believe that if this guy actually made this, I'm still waiting. I've asked on social media. I've asked other people. I've tried to do my best to, you know, I want to see everyone who wins these kind of wagers is always proud to show the ticket. I always say that this is one of the things that's lacking in this industry is full transparency at many times. If you say that you got this, then show some of those tickets. I want to see someone who has a $1,000, $500, and I want to see that it was paid out already by this alleged offshore book. We won't give it that, 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 that book any kind of recognition right now here because until they show it, if they show it and they want to come out and say, yes, we did take it, yeah. I'm still not even seeing them say anything on their social media accounts claiming and saying, yes, what he did, we did take it, he did bet it, and we did pay it out. I'm not Corey, have you, Corey, have you seen no, any, interviews, seen any with interviews with him yet? Him yet. Other than that photo of, of I, him And next, I was looking to see right. if somebody was I mean, going to put him on here. Because that's the first thing that you know, as a producer, yeah, and I haven't seen that I would have done. I'd have dug him up and put him on air, but he's kind of just disappeared outside of that photo, and we don't even know when that photo was taken. Of uh, right, right, <laughs> yeah, exactly, the same guy. And then not even and and by the way, I don't know if you guys noticed something. They're also in a bar that looks somewhat crowded. When I don't know how many of those really exist right now. Number one, number two, oh, so they don't have even masks Tampa. around it's, their it's necks. Tampa, at least that I don't. Apparently, they don't have it down there. Once you once you get out of the state of South Carolina, yeah, it's but- COVID free. <laughs> no, one of our one of our producers, <laughs> one of our producers at SI, Doug, lives in Tampa, and. I was like, dude, well, you know, what's going on? You've been to any parties or anything? He goes, no, I've been really COVID conscious, COVID conscious, and everyone down yeah, here. Just yeah, no, no doubt. Exists. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just says no one wears masks. Yeah, it's just, like, it's just like, oh, what are y'all talking about? All right, so let, let's get into it and, and hop into some more stuff. So let me so, so let me tell you, Frankie, what I did. So I had the under was my biggest bet. I felt very good about the under, right? So the under was my biggest bet. So I had... I did what you said last week. I had, I believe it was, it was actually Sunday. No, it was Saturday. I had a two-team NBA, I had a three-team parlay. Two NBA teams and the Kansas City Chiefs money line. So, the two NBA teams won. So, I had the Chiefs money line at like plus three something, right? So, I was good with that. So, then I came back Sunday. I got up. And then I took the, I put the Buccaneers in a parlay at plus seven and a half. So, I was able to have both sides, you know, I had, you know, I had both sides. So I was going to win something regardless. So then I had the under. I had the Travis Kelsey receptions. I had the Tyreek Hill. at the Travis Kelsey receptions. I had the Tyreek Hill. And I had the, the Tyreek Hill over. I had the Pat Mahomes over. But I also had the over in the third quarter. And thank God that was the only quarter that actually had a little bit of scoring in it. So I walked away pretty decent, Frankie. What do you think about the way I played it? You know, Can you give me some props on that? Thank you. A hundred percent. I give you props on that. And I, I think, I, I think that <laughs> I, I, I actually believe that, you know, that, that you, like I said, I mean, that's one thing that I think people fail to realize is 
using other sports and using other shop information when you can get it or if there's certain games that you feel that you like, parlaying those games earlier in the week and creating odds and almost being like a craps player at the craps table when you pa- when you bet the pass line and then you have the opportunity to, depending on the casino that you're in, creating odds behind that back line so that if the point is thrown again, let's just say that the, the number of the point is six and someone three, you know comes right back and throws a six again, you've now created odds on that back number of your opening pass line. And that's more or less what I was trying to stress and I think that that was a great job by you. Unfortunately, those you know, I didn't have too many of those that that hit for me because I had Kansas City, but I did have a couple of them with the under, so it did come out well. But overall, I mean, obviously, I was very high to Kansas City futures, my AFC future, my a, you know MVP futures, and you know, and losing Travis Kelsey. But the sharp information late that we got about uh, Rob Gronkowski being a big and integral part of the early opening. Um, Stanza and being involved in this, you know, this this attack for Tampa Bay and the word that the Sharps got that, you know, obviously that Cameron Brait injury was going to be, you know, that back injuries he, he sustained late last week in practice was something that was going to make Gronk more of a focal point in the offense than he had been in previous weeks. And boy, some of those numbers, they were already baked in down. And you got tremendous value, you know, going over two and a half receptions, going over 29 and a half receptions, his anytime touchdown at plus 225, also going over his 15 and a half longest receptions, all those hit. But I mean, I was still, unfortunately, sometimes just stubborn and I didn't want to follow some of that late information uh, that was coming in that the shops were all over that. And I already held that position. My focal point was I was hoping to get a repeat of the week 12, uh, what we saw between the two teams when they first met, when Kansas City jumped out to a 17 nothing lead. I was hoping they would jump out to a 7 or a 10 nothing lead, and it would give me the opportunity to get Tampa Bay at uh, significantly higher plus odds than plus 3. Was that the closing number here in Vegas? Because I didn't think that was enough of a middle opportunity. And unfortunately, it backfired on me because, as we know, Kansas City was never able to get out to that lead where the, the in-play uh, live lines were ever affording any kind of opportunity for me to get the middle I was looking for. So I was burned in that respect. So it was not the Super Bowl I was looking for. I know that Bill had a much better uh, overall um, Super Bowl, just like you, Corey, on his prop wagers and everything over at Bull Market Fantasy here. Oh, what did we do? Let me <laughs> let me look it up. Oh, what'd you do, Bill? I just opened the, I just let the cat out of the bed. Corey, I, bed. <laughs> Corey, I hope you have a snack next to you. This is going to take a while. No, no, no. We, we did okay. Tom Brady, Super Bowl MVP at plus 190. Gronk, anytime touchdown at plus 180. Kelsey over 95 and a half at minus 140, 141. Kelsey to lead the game in yards, plus 180. Fournette, anytime TD, plus 125. Fournette over three and a half receptions. What we lost on, well, we lost on – we did the hedge on the on the Super Bowl MVP. So we had Mahomes and Brady, both of them. Nice job. Uh, so we lost on Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP. Well, I'm surprised that this one did not come through. Mike Evans' touchdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had uh, – what was it? Uh, 14 or 15 touchdowns this year. No other uh, Tampa Bay player had seven. He was leading the team in red zone targets, leading the team in end zone targets. So I was surprised that one didn't hit. And then Tyree Kill over 92 and a half yards. He just had such a slow first half. He he ended up with I think 77, but most of that came in the in the second half. I think he had less than 15 yards in, in the first and second quarter. Um, but we had a couple losses. Three loss. We were six and six and six out of ten. But but the the odds that we had were really 
Yeah, we, we they were really lucrative. The right, the so Kelsey that's, that's not bad at all. That's lead the game uh, any t- lead the game in the yards units, that helped yeah. plus one eighty. Tom Brady Super Bowl MVP plus one ninety. I was shocked that th- that those odds were that good because yeah. it's yeah, but yeah, hundred percent. Even if it, even if everyone was on Patrick Mahomes, everyone yeah, knows it's such a quarterback on Patrick Mahomes, right, Frank? That I thought Brady would have been at like plus one thirty, plus one thirty five, maybe for him to in an open at plus two ten. So well, that's even, that's why th- there was a couple of sharp wagers out here, Bill. A couple of guys thought exactly like you, as opposed to betting Tampa Bay to win on the money line, which in some certain spots was only plus one thirty five, plus one forty at the closing number out here in Vegas. You know, on the money line, they said they believe that if Can- if Tampa Bay is going to win this game. Brady's going to have a big say in the reason why they win. They didn't believe that it was going to be a defensive score late in the game. They said that they found more value in avoiding the game. And once again, this lends credence to what we were talking about earlier when obviously the spread and total don't get as much future uh, love on the Super Bowl in terms of overall uh, handle for sportsbooks. But what they decided to do was exactly what you said. They thought that there was overinflated value, and a lot of them took – there was even some spots um, earlier, Bill, when this number first came out, you could have gotten Brady at plus 210. You know, he closed at plus 175 as low as in some spots around here in Vegas, but you're 100% right. They didn't even bet Tampa Bay on the money line. They found more value in getting 190, 195, 180 in Brady and the MVP, and it worked out for them. No doubt. That's the Nick Foles rule a couple years ago when this Philadelphia Eagles was in the Super Bowl. There was no right. reason to bet the Eagles on the money line. You bet Nick Foles on the money line to win. The, well, you bet Nick Foles to win the MVP, and you really get that juice. All right, so speaking of all of this talk about Tom Brady, Bill, I mean, basically, we were really, you know, introduced to Tom Brady, obviously, the injury to Drew Bledsoe. But after the injury to Drew Bledsoe, there was a legendary game in the snow in Foxborough. Very controversial play. We all know there's a tuck rule now, kind of put Tom Brady and the New England Patriots as a national spotlight. On the other side of that play, Bill, was one Charles Woodson, who is now a member of the NFL Hall of Fame. You got Charles Woodson, you got Calvin Johnson, the original 88, my guy, Drew Pearson as well, and a whole host of others, including guys like John Lynch and, of yeah, course, I, legendary Yeah, so I, I like this class a lot because this Hall of Fame class? we're starting to see more and more players get inducted that we got to see people in our age group that we got to see on TV. So when you're talking about Calvin Johnson, Charles no Woodson, Peyton Manning, John Lynch, Alan Fanica, I watched all those guys. I even watched some of them in college. So it is, I think, fun to see. And this is not a knock on the guys that are getting in that I didn't get to see on TV, but I like seeing the guys that I was able to watch and be a fan of and draft on my fantasy team or, you know, see the teams that I, I rooted for as a, kid growing up see those uh their opponents or even some of the players that that were on the team that you know that were on the Giants when I was growing up uh, I I like seeing these guys get in the you know the fact that Calvin Johnson and Peyton Manning and and Woodson are in this year um that's special to me because it it brings back a lot of memories that when you first started to really follow football not just not professionally but really started to follow the game of football yeah, I was in like fifth or sixth grade when Peyton Manning got drafted. So to me, like growing up watching him and now seeing him get to the NFL, one, it reminds me how old I am. And two, it, it's it's fun to see these guys that I watched throughout their whole career be inducted into the Hall of Fame. I tell you what, uh, Frankie, there's always been some fun arguments. Uh, most recently, I could think of Winston or Mariota as one of them. Uh, who else? It was another one recently. Well, Winston and Mariota sticks out as one that was very um, hotly debated 
But at, at one time, the hottest debate in sports, uh, Frankie, was Peyton Manning yeah. or Ryan Leaf. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Just to, just to show my age, I remember I actually was at that NFL draft sitting literally against Ooh, that's exactly. That I, I was right up against the stage over, I believe that was at the Paramount Theater. Um, I think back then, I think that's where that one was. Yep. Madison Square. Yep, at Madison the Paramount. Square, yep, yeah. on the side. And I was against the stage right next to Chris Berman and all those guys. And eventually right behind me in the second row was Joe Beningo. Um, so I – so I oh, mean, Joe and I actually got my face on the. I actually got my face in oh. the in the in the in the New York Post that week too. Uh, the next day, um, you know, with uh, with the, with that whole draft and everything, and Ryan Leaf. I actually believe that Ryan Leaf was going to be one of the best guys, and unfortunately, to this day, I'm still a little bit upset. I know you're into collectibles, there, uh, Corey. I actually have a uh, NFL draft program and folder signed by Ryan Leaf. And not and not Peyton Manning wow. because I thought oh. that because I thought that Peyton Manning was going to be the better player. Boy, did I make the wrong mistake. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Leaf posted a photo on Twitter. I guess it was from his Heisman Trophy ceremony. Charles Woodson, Peyton Manning, Randy Moss, and Ryan Leaf. And he says, you know, this is a photo of three players, three Hall of Fame players, and the other guy. But. <laughs> no. that's, he's a good yeah, sport about no it. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, this is Ryan Leaf. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I guess you're right, Bill. No choice to be at this point. But it was also seeing uh cool seeing some of the older guys get it means a Dallas Cowboy fan, obviously. You know what I'm saying? The 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 greatness of Des Bryant, the greatness of uh Michael Irvin, and to see the original number eighty eight, Drew Pearson getting there with the um, you know, with the Hail Mary catch and all of that. And Bill, I I never in the in the Pittsburgh Steelers scout, Bill Nunn, I had to end up doing some research after him, but he really was uh, that scout was really insurmountable of putting that Pittsburgh Steeler team together. That was, um, you know, one of those great teams. Uh, you know, one of the great, really one of the great it's amazing in NFL that, history. It's, a, it's amazing that before. if you were never. a part of the Pittsburgh Steelers franchise at any point in your career, the 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 likelihood of you getting inducted to the camp in Canton grows like exponentially. They have so many players from that team that whether or not they belong in the Hall of Fame or not. They just, if you were part of the Steelers, man, your odds of getting into the Hall of Fame at least go up one and a half to two times. Well, guys, that's also one of the reasons why I have to honestly keep it real as well. And my, I have to say that I'm not a fan of the Hall of Fame right now. And I think that Bill highlighted it 100%. And I'll tell you why. Growing up, I believe still there is two two or three dominant players, obviously sitting 20 rows back at all those jet games, literally for my, for over 31 years that my family had season tickets. And I would go to all the games, every single game with my dad. We were always there. The people around us became like family. Dan Marino was easily the most dominant and best quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Not only did he torture him, but I thought that watching him, I still have never seen Patrick Mahomes, I'm hoping to, in person because you get a much different feel watching these guys in person. I still believe that Barry Sanders was the best running back I ever witnessed in person. But one of the guys, and I think this is what Bill has you know, just alluded to and I want to touch on, if this guy would have played for the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Dallas Cowboys, he would already be in the Hall of Fame because he was the most dominant defensive player I've ever watched live. He would blow up plays at the line of scrimmage. He was always in there, and he never really got a lot of the accolades because someone alongside of him did a dance and got all of those accolades, and that would be Mark Gastineau. The player that I'm referring to, and I still feel is the biggest 
unjust job by the Hall of Fame committee that Joe Klecko has not made it to the NFL Hall of Fame despite the fact that he is the only player in NFL history to be named to the Pro Bowl at three different positions along the defensive line. No one else has ever done that. And he was dominant, absolutely dominant. And so many other players that he faced that are in the Hall of Fame, like Dwight Stevenson, the former Hall of Fame quarterback uh, or center for Dan Marino and the Dolphins for all those years, says that he was the most dominant player and the player that he respected even more than Howie Long, who's also a Villanova guy and my guy from Villanova that's in the Hall of Fame. Joe Klecko not being in there is a terrible job. And if he was on the Steelers or on the Cowboys, he would have been in a long time ago. And I still think it's a terrible job by the NFL Hall of Fame that he has not made it into the hole yet. That's interesting stuff, Frankie. And and, and, and listen, I, I think you got you make an interesting argument for Klecko. I, I actually would agree with that because, um, you know, obviously being a New Yorker, back in these days, it was no NFL red zone or it was no league, you know, I'm about to say league pass. It was no NFL Sunday ticket. It was you watch the Jets and the Giants. And I had to sit there and watch the Jets and the Giants because I loved football, you know what I'm saying? And watching the Jets and the Giants, obviously Mark Gassineau was the man, but Joe Klecko was really the rock of that defense. Bill, you know who I mean, – I'm getting ready to get up out of here, but it's just cool talking about some of these old things. And I, I don't think I meant to mention it to you, or maybe it was Fabiano, but I don't know if I mentioned, mentioned it in front of uh, to Frankie before, but Bill, let me get your take on this. The person who I think is missing from the Hall of Fame right now is I would say is Steve. Yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't gotten in yet based on kind of like just the legacy factor and how he had that, you know, unfortunate yeah. passing. Um, I don't know why people or the Hall of Fame voters haven't tried to push him through yet. Um, I, I know they, I know sometimes when it, when a player is not alive anymore that they kind of think of it, well, oh, well, who's going to make the speech and their family doesn't get the gold jacket. Yeah. Cause Reggie White went in posthumously, right? Reggie White, but Reggie White was one yeah. of the most dominant um, players. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, he had that co-MVP award that year with Peyton Manning. I, I loved watching Steve McNair play. He was kind of a, a quarterback, same kind of like Dante Culpepper, but a little bit more talented with the football and he didn't have enough, didn't have the same kind of weapons. So that, that era of quarterback was, was really interesting, especially uh, for fantasy purposes, because you had McNabb, you had McNair, you had Culpepper. Vic was kind of coming on. I don't know if he was there yet during McNair's like peak, right? McNair won that MVP. A little bit kind of came on after, you know, McNair's with that that co MVP season, I believe, was two thousand. Yeah, was that two thousand three season, and I believe the, the legend of right. Michael Vick so began like, to go. That was after an interesting that. time for fantasy quarterbacks, where all of a sudden you had guys that not only can r- pass but they can run too. Anybody, Frankie, outside of Klecko that comes to your mind? And no, what do I you think, think that's about even that definitely should be inducted. I, I think that they're missing the ball there. And I'm going to give a guy that I know that maybe is near and dear to Bill's heart. What about Otis Anderson? Um, I, I remember him as a, a running back that I thought I respected as well. And a guy more recently that maybe a lot more l- listeners would know, I'm surprised he hasn't made it because I believe that he had a strong impact on you know several of those Super Bowls for the New England Patriots. What about Richard Seymour? Those names for me are, are, are some of the names That's that I think yeah. are up there. And I think that maybe there's even a guy, I don't know, he's on the fringe. Maybe our guy Jim Cramer wonders why maybe Donovan McNabb doesn't get any consideration. Here, here's the thing. If you put Donovan McNabb in the Hall of Fame, you have to put Tony Romo. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I, I, let me tell you something. I'm not going for that. If, and trust me, McNabb was great. 
But if you look at McNabb's numbers, him I, and Tony I'll Romo give you one more too. I want you guys, you just say a yay or nay. Eddie George, yes or no? Yeah, Edwin yes, Cave's Eddie got George in. Yeah, no, I mean, Eddie George. Eddie, Eddie George. I, I know, and I'm saying Edger and James got in. Yeah. Eddie George should be in too. Yep, I agree. All right, so there you go right there. Good stuff, Bull Market Fantasy. Boy, hey, definitely want to thank you guys for a great season. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Frankie. Uh, definitely great work and a lot of fun doing this. We still got more episodes to go, but definitely thank you guys. You know what I'm saying? And, Bill, I'll give you the last rip before we get up out of here. Yeah, it was just a great season. You guys did an incredible job. Frankie, I love busting your chops. But, Corey, good job of uh, keeping us separate for most of the part.